the Af Geeks podcast for athletes and geeks unite, collide, whatever synonym you choose. This is the breaking news edition. Harrison, how you feeling? I mean, I'm straight. I'm good. A lot of people were trying to make jokes and stuff and everything. And but you know, I'm straight. I'm good. I'm I, I feel it. I understand. If you don't know what we're talking about, the Celtics have just announced that Danny Ainge is stepping down as president of basketball operations and they are promoting the coach who just lost a series 4-1 to the Brooklyn Nets, Brad Stevens. To, Why did you just throw that in there? I'm just, do, I need to, do I need to throw in again? Please. Hey, with six-tenths of a second remaining. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't as much as a, a slight against the Celtics as it was just, you know, a highlight of the hiring practice. You know, we're not going to get into that. But Brad Stevens was promoted from head coach. Is it not really a promotion? It's not even really like a like – Yeah, because he, he's going to be running basketball. Well, one, Danny Ainge was the general manager first. But um, – and Brad Stevens isn't technically the general manager. He just – the president of basketball operations. So, you know, wasn't running just the basketball side of things. Isn't that the same topic – isn't that the same title that Doc had when he was with the Clippers and he was making roster decisions? Yeah, so, so you're the you're not the tech you're you're the GM, but you're not the technical GM. There's somebody else on the GM side doing the business side. You're just really running the basketball side of everything. Yeah, but that's the side that should be a question mark, right? Yeah, that's the side. That's the that's the important side. Like the business side is like okay, we'll the the fans don't care about the business side of things. They only care about the basketball side of things. Yeah, so. Um, let's- Let's just knock some of this shit out, man. I ain't trying to be here a long time. So what do you think <laughs> led up to this transition? Because Danny Ames oh. brought you Jason Tatum, right? He brought you Kevin Garnett, brought you Ray John, brought you Paul Pierce, brought you the 2008 not, not national title, tripping, championship, NBA title. So, I mean. <sighs> well, I think a lot of things led up to it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um it just, with the whole Danny Ainge thing, it's been too long. It's been too long with Danny Ainge because at this point, if you look at a lot of trades when it comes to, like, a GMs and a lot of the relationships, mm-hmm. because in business, it's about relationships. Everybody knows, like, your network is your net worth and everything like that. And Danny didn't have a lot of good relationships. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of reports about people. Nobody wanted, a lot of people didn't want to trade with the Celtics or only because of Danny Ainge. A lot of people didn't want to talk to the Celtics, didn't want to even look at the Celtics, didn't want to come to the Celtics. So a, a big part was because of Danny Ainge because um, they felt like he, when, you know, it's kind of like a you had a verbal agreement. You're like, okay, we're going to do this deal. We're going to make a trade. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. And then next thing you know, at the very last second, you back out, which Danny Ainge was known to do. He was mm-hmm. known to back out of deals at the last second. And, you know, if you do it like one, two times, people are like, okay, whatever, he got cold feet. But then when it's a constant thing for years on years on years, and people start, like, knowing you're that guy, and outside of that, when was the last, what was the last big move Danny Ainge made besides the Kyrie thing? Before, because it was like the Kyrie thing, and then before Kyrie, what was the big um, move before that? Like, it's like, maybe? Yeah, I'm talking about like trade wise. Oh, trade wise, not just signings, <clears throat> trades. 
Cause like I'm not I'm not on the whole science. It's the trade part because people don't want to trade with him. Mm-hmm. Like when at the beginning of the year when he wanted to trade Kimba or he wanted to even before, without the Kimba thing he wanted to make some moves to re you know vamp the Celtics. A lot of the people there was a lot of anonymous reports from GM saying they didn't want to do business with Danny Ainge. They didn't like him and they felt like he was a sneaky kind of guy. He always wanted to. He didn't like. He didn't believe in like fair deals like. All right, you gain something, I gain in something. It was more like I'm gonna try to finesse you, and if I can't finesse you, I'm backing out. And it's like you can still get good, uh, a good deal done without necessarily having to try to just Talk make a groundbreaking trade and finesse somebody. Yeah, you know, you can just because, like I said, it's about relationships. Um, you build that relationship, and they're like, okay, we know he's a honest, legit guy, and there might you might have a. A star, I might have a star, but with the my current roster, like how it's constructed, my that star might not fit in with me. But the star on your team might. Mm-hmm. So we'd be like, "Hey, let's talk." Blah blah blah. This star, you like, he real good. You've seen what he can do. I've seen what he can do. He just doesn't fit our scheme. So here we just trade. We do something like that. You get better. I get better. And then you just call it in. You keep a good relationship. Y'all do stuff like that. But so you it's think, you're trying to be like boom, boom, boom. Do you think this is a a Danny Ainge decision to resign, or do you think the owner is like, all right, man, I told you at the beginning of the year, this is what you had to do. You didn't do it. Let's make it look neat. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit of both. I feel like um, Danny wanted to step down because he was getting a lot. Celtics fans and Celtics Nation wasn't letting him off anymore. At first, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, give him some slack. He still brought in all these like rookies. He still did a lot of good things. Let's not focus on all the negative. But then at this point, it's like it's been a while and Celtics Nation was tired of him. So he was I'm pretty sure the pressure started getting to him and everybody was calling for his head. Even the people that were like standing by his side were calling for his head. And then there was the whole. Did you see the report with Danny Ainge? So I'm like, you got that pressure. And then you did you see the stuff about Danny Ainge with the Kyrie stepping on a lucky? Yeah, that real. I thought that was just some bullshit. I'm. I'm not sure. I saw the report and they were saying that, you know, Danny was upset about it. He was like talking to the players. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not like, like I said, it's just that little report. I don't know if it was a credible. So most times if it doesn't come from Woj or Shams, I'm not going to lie to you. Anything other than them, even if it's like a, somebody that's a, you know, a big name or got a check mark and everything like that, Bob, or they're like people vouch for them. I usually don't like, Say, oh yeah, that's one hundred percent fact, unless it's coming from Shams or Woj. However, that I'm just speaking of what that report said about Danny Ainge went in there. Uh, he was upset about them stepping on Kyrie stepping on Lucky. He tried to talk to the players about it. The players were kind of like, whatever, we don't really care because you know that. I think a lot of older guys still think about all this culture thing and all these things like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these young guys don't care about the team's culture. Yeah, just like how the Knicks and Hawks game going on right now, everybody talks about the Knicks culture. I think a lot of people don't, a lot of the players don't care necessarily about the Knicks culture. They're just there to play basketball and win games. They don't really care about their culture, that culture necessarily. They don't yeah. care about the culture in Boston. I think uh, the decision type NBA that we're in now. When I, when I say decision, the the player owned, the player ran NBA is like you said, less about the organization and more about you know the nucleus that's there currently. Because, I mean, nobody that was there when they won a championship in 08 is there now outside of 
maybe some like personnel people. And yeah, that's just so a very like, old uh like the fucking season's over, bro. Like I'm not about to go under and hit with you about Lucky. It's a fucking yeah. mascot. Yeah, we just lost a game. I'm not talking. I don't care that Kyrie stepped on Lucky. I don't care about all these things like that. And then when you see about how like a lot of the relationships, how people feel about Kyrie and the players don't feel that. You see the players dapping them up. You see the players still working out with them. You see the players doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. It's just showing they saying they still respect. They still rock with Kyrie. They like Kyrie. And then my whole thing, I still don't understand. I know we're supposed to be talking about the Brad Stevenson. I don't understand the Kyrie thing. Like I get called a um on social media, I get called like a fake Celtic fan all the time because I don't just rock with Celtics Nation and just be like, oh, F everybody, F blah blah blah. We rock bleed green, blah blah blah. Like I bring logic into some of the things. Like the whole Kyrie situation, people are like oh, well, Kyrie did X, Y, and Z and all this other stuff and blah, blah. He said he was going to come back, and then he didn't. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, there's context to it. Y'all just say, oh, he said he's going to come back, so he's supposed to come back. But there's context to it. I said, put, I'm like, I always be like, put yourself in Kyrie's shoes. You say, he says, hey, I'll come back if y'all have me back. Mm-hmm. And what's called? Then the season doesn't go as well. You have... Celtics Nation, everybody, even while Kyrie was there, before he said the whole thing about not wanting to go there, and before all the drama stuff started happening, everybody was like, this is Kyrie's fault. We're losing. We're better off without Kyrie. Last year, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie, and now we're struggling. Kyrie dribbles too much. Kyrie does this too much. Everybody was blaming Kyrie. It's like, okay, cool, whatever. And then, um, correct me if I was wrong, which family member was it that passed? One of Kyrie Irving's family members passed. I can't remember which one. Uh, um, damn, I can't remember either. It was, I want to say yeah. his uncle or his I, sister. No, that's like Isaiah Thomas. I don't know. I know somebody died though. Yeah, it was, it was somebody in his family they that died and Kyrie came out and he, he dropped a little statement saying he was like, um, but this was like after he was gone and everything, he was talking about how he talked with Danny Ainge and everything and he wanted to resign. Like he wanted to do everything and everything, but he's like, there was a after like there was some he was having trouble in his home life. Mm-hmm. He was having trouble in his home life away from basketball, and so he was going through some things. And like he said, it became rocky. It became all these other things. He said, and he admitted, he said, I failed those guys. I failed those guys. And he said, especially with the pieces we had, there was no reason we shouldn't have been better. But I was dealing with off court things. And then he was talking about after I can't remember whatever family member died. Like basketball, as you see how Kyrie is now, like basketball isn't the number one thing on his mind. Basketball mm-hmm. isn't the most important thing in his life anymore. Kyrie said like basketball is the last thing on my mind. He said like a lot of the basketball, the joy that he got was like taken away from, sucked away from. He was doing everything like that. He said he kind of went away. He kind of shut down. You can actually see it throughout the season too. He said he shut down. He wasn't trying to talk to nobody. He wasn't doing nothing. He just isolated himself away from everything because he was struggling. He was going through a death, a family member death. He said he didn't take the necessarily step, the, the steps to get counseling. He didn't go to therapy. He didn't do anything like that. And he said he'd never had nobody die that was close to him. And so he said he messed up. And he said, I realize that now, but 
going through all that mental stuff and that mental trauma and all the other stuff and you're down, you're isolating and everything like that. That's why like, I feel like the media doesn't say anything. Like you see the players, like I said, they don't have a problem with them. Yeah. The players are probably, you know, he <laughs> like they understand, like you go through things, you're doing stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. You're a human, you're whatever. And so you see none of them be tripping on Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But then you see the whole fan base organization, the higher ups and all this stuff, they be tripping on Kyrie because they're like, it's still business. You see all those people put up these, well, if I was paid 30 million a year, I wouldn't care about anything like that. I'd make it happen, blah, blah, blah. I'd just be like, okay, whatever. You're paid 30 million. You're a millionaire. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what? Like, people still go through things. And so... Celtics Nation turned away from Kyrie before Kyrie turned away from Celtics Nation. So they're doing all that. And then Kyrie's like, okay, well, y'all don't want me here. I'm going to leave. Yeah. And now, like, he's hated, blah, blah, blah. I just need to get that off my chest. Celtics Nation, wake up. Leave that man alone. Stop yelling, fuck Kyrie. Stop doing all that other stuff. Throwing water bottles at his head. Because y'all mad because y'all made him not want to be there. Yeah, it's a it's a business decision, man. It was, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like the cast situation. Like, he had a contract. He fulfilled the terms of his contract. He decided to take another one. So, it's, it's just business, man. They got too much emotions to it. And I understand having love for your team and supporting your team to the fullest, but it's a game. It's a game that grown men get paid millions and millions of dollars to play and has done great things for them, but you know, it's there's nothing more than that. So, I'm, I'm I was glad to see Kyrie stop on Lucky. I thought that shit was funny, but he had a uh, he had a really he, shitty game. Like the yeah, game he didn't before. have the best game the day the night before. But then yeah. he went off for thirty nine. I think it was, it was like yeah. thirty nine or something the next night. And I'm like, I didn't. The whole people were like, oh, he stopped on. I, that didn't really bother me because I guess like I'm kind of similar to the Celtics Nation nowadays because I've. I became a Celtics fan in like early 2000s. So, 2007? Mm-hmm. No, early 2000s. And so I don't have that whole. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Something happened with my audio, man. <laughs> okay. You sound like a robot for a second. No, I think we good. Go Am I good now? I'm good? Yeah, you good. You straight? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like I was saying, like, I don't have that whole Celtics thing, like, where it's like, bleed green f everybody else like i've always been like uh oh yeah i like my team i rock my team but if my team does something stupid i'm gonna call it stupid mm-hmm. my team does something good i'm gonna call it good if another team plays well we play well it's just like that it's like i don't i don't i don't take it out i don't take it away from basketball because at the end of the day that's all it is when you start getting personal you start doing all those other things it's like it's not that deep. It's a like you said earlier it's a it's grown men playing a children's game and getting paid millions of dollars for it and it's just like, that's how it is. So you got to, like, I think people forget that sometimes that it is, at the end of the day, a game. It's not life. It's not anything like that. It, yes, they get paid a lot of money, but that doesn't mean that it has to be their entire lives. Yeah, It's a job at the end of the day. And they just happen to have a more fun and a cooler job than some other people do. Exactly. It's just, that's just how it is. It's, it's, it's dice, man. Not everybody grows yeah. up to be six, nine and can dribble a basketball, man. Yeah. Not everybody can. So it's like you, and by you like slandering them and saying whatever, they don't really care at the end of the day. They're like, whatever. 
You're wrong. I just thought it was funny. The host, I'm on the lucky thing. Whenever Kendrick Perkins and all of them came out, they were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. All these other things. I would have did this to Kyrie and all this other stuff. And Kevin Durant started laughing at him <laughs> and was commenting on it. And like, shut up. Like, yeah, like KD, those, KD never um, picks like passes up a chance to be Twitter petty man or yeah, oh, social media petty at all. Like, he's really embraced that little that troll role, man. I really love to see that shit. Oh, I love it. I love. I love it. I love seeing KD go out, especially against those old players and stuff, and say things to him. And going back to Danny Ainge thing, I think Danny Ainge also like, especially with the Me Too era and everything going on right now with. Everybody having to be uh, politically correct and everything. Yeah, him and the yeah. whole racist thing mm-hmm. that was going on with like people saying. I also don't like how Boston handled that because everybody started um, making fun of Kyrie and Marcus Smart because of that. But the whole Danny Ainge thing, like uh, well, Kyrie said, hope- racism here." Yeah, I never heard no racism here. And then Kyrie's like, I have. Marcus Smart's like, I have. You're like, nigga, I have you been on Twitter, bro? Like, just scroll yeah. Twitter. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, and it's like, even if it's not even on Twitter, you see, like, you know it's happening out there. If your players are hearing it, there's no way you as the GM being out there, you, you're going to be at the game. There's no way you're not hearing it. That's my whole thing. There's no way you're not hearing it. And if you don't you, consider you the comments that they hearing racist, racist, then, like, that might be a bigger concern. Like if that's just if that's just Boston to you, you know what I'm saying? Then mm-hmm. that's just another thing. So it was definitely time for a culture change. I I honestly think the success that you guys were having and weren't having at the same time. I mean, you guys hit what two conference finals, three conference finals in the last three years? Three, three, three and four years. And and what two? I want to say three of those without LeBron there. So I mean. <sighs> Is not getting over the hump with the roster you guys have is kind of which which was a gripe you had with Brad Stevens. I'm not mistaken, is just kind of unacceptable, and that kind of leads us into if Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens couldn't do it, then why can Brad Stevens and Coach X get it done? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, my whole thing about that, what you brothers said there, is it's the new face, like um, people didn't a lot of it wasn't Jim saying they had a problem with. Brad Stevens, they were saying they had a problem with Danny Ainge because of how he did things, how he was, you know, with the deals and stuff. So now that it's Brad Stevens instead of Danny Ainge, maybe they can, you know, re- you know, come back and rebuild those relationships again. Okay. They can be like, hey, blah, blah, blah. You start off some small, do trades here and there. And with Brad Stevens there, since he was coaching the team, he's in there day in, day out, seeing how the team works, seeing how everything like that. He knows the players inside and out. He can be like, okay, I know how cert player A plays when he's around this kind of person. I know how person B, player B plays. So it's like, let me surround this person with this. Let me put this thing around this and just thing like that. So I I, I don't want to like be negative about it before giving it a chance. I feel like it could work just because we got Danny Ainge out of there. And I respect and love everything Danny Ainge did for us, but it was time for something new because we weren't going to ever go forward as long as Danny Ainge was there. Nah, there's some red flags for me, man. Why? So you... I, I feel like I look at life as like when you learn a trade and you progress in that trade, it should be like a linear progression. So Brad Stevens like was a college coach, right? So in a sense, mm-hmm. he's been 
quote unquote in charge of basketball operations before, right? But in in the same scope, he just deals with players. He's pretty much constructing the roster as he sees fit to fit his vision. But he did it at Butler, which is not the same scale as a ACC, SEC, Big Twelve, Blue Blood, right? So he didn't have to deal with the cream of the crop type shit. So he didn't. He wasn't a a manager at a high level then. Then he became a head coach at the pro level, and roster construction was kind of more up to the GM. So that responsibility was taken away from him, and he just had to focus on coaching the players that he was given. Now he's going to be a GM, and he's not going to be a coach. So it's like he keeps he keeps increasing in responsibility, but he's never getting you know I say he's never dealing with the whole picture, and I don't I'm not even sure he got a grasp on coaching at the NBA level. Not that he was unsuccessful, because I mean going to Eastern Conference Finals is impressive in his own, but he said he was getting burnt out in that aspect. So if you're going to get burnt out burnt out at the coaching aspect, which is your bread and butter, then imagine taking on a new challenge and trying to do something you have never really done before at this level and imagine you'll be successful for it. That's that's a red flag for me. Did, did that I, make I sense to you? Yeah. yeah, it makes sense what you're, what you're saying. I can, I can see where you're going with that, um, but again, I just don't... I, I'm like... It doesn't hurt to give him a chance. We can't. It can't. It can't get much worse than this. I'll say this: with the he starts, he's in a better spot than most people are when they take a GM job for the first time. He has Jason Tatum, right? He has mm-hmm. Jalen Brown already. You can't really fuck this up, but I can see you staying stagnant while he tries to figure this shit out. Like, where do you go from yeah. here? Do, like, you got important decisions to make this summer. What do you? Yeah, what, what do absolutely. You do with- I get. I give him a couple. I know it might not be fair because he has a. I, I give him a short leash. I'm like, you have a couple years to prove your worth and make some kind of change. If he can't make any changes within a couple years and get anything, and we're still just the same team stagnant, then he has to go as well. Because like, we 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 need you to come in and make moves. We need you to be like Daryl Morey, come in and immediately start making moves and make changes. So that's what he has to do. And I feel like at the same time, I can see where you're coming from with the whole coaching thing, too. I feel like that can hurt him in a way because he built relationships with those players. So there might be certain players he don't necessarily want to trade away because he's like he likes that guy or anything like that. Or, you know, he has that relationship with him. He doesn't want to necessarily move him or he might mess up and give somebody a bigger contract than they necessarily deserve because he's like, okay, well, he's a good glue guy. He's a good like team guy where he he keeps the team together. He might not play. He might not be able to score five points a game. Mm-hmm. But you know his his locker room presence is necessary. And it's like, okay, but if that doesn't result in championships, then that locker room presence really isn't bringing us much. Right. And what is the so, coaching? And the most important portion of me is just what does the coaching search look like? What is what? Because he's he's young for a coach, right? Like he's, yeah. he's even forty. Is even mid forties yet? Probably not. So whoever he brings in is probably going to be older than him. It's going to be a different generation than him. Or it's going to be someone significantly younger than him. If they're younger than him, they're probably unproven at the pro level. They're probably an assistant coach. Like, it's just the, the battle. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people want to bring in um, Mark Carl Jackson. Lawson. No, no, no. I haven't seen anybody say anything about Mark Jackson yet. Oh, I've seen, I've uh, seen a lot, a lot of, of my TL. My algorithm is different, though. Yeah, but, well, I mean, I follow nothing but like a lot of Celtics pages. So you said who? Ty Lawson, Carl Lawson, Car Cara Lawson. Cara. She was one of our assistant. Yeah, she was one of our assistant coaches, and then she got the head coach at Duke this past year. So and um, y'all thinking call her back? Mm. 
Yeah, that's what a lot of people wanted. They were like, she did a good job as an assistant coach for us, so they want to call her back and have her just be the head coach. Um, but I was like, well, she's doing her thing at Duke right now. Why would she necessarily? She's a head coach at Duke. Yeah, and she's going to get, I mean, she's gonna get a longer problem. leash at Duke too. Yeah, so it's like, why bring her necessarily to the pro level? And she's a good basketball mind, so I can see her, see her coming over. People have been saying her. People have been saying Becky Hammond because of what she did with the Spurs mm-hmm. and under um, Coach Pop and everything. Mm-hmm. And then the other two people people have been saying is Chauncey Billups and Sam Cassell because well, they both have Celtic ties and they have a little experience in the field. Yeah, so I thought last time Chauncey Billups' name was in like a, a opening. I thought he was supposed to be a GM candidate. I thought he wanted to be in the front office more than he wanted to be on the coaching staff. But I might be wrong. I would have to fact, fact check that. Sam Cassell, I can't be mad at. I saw Jason Kidd's name floating around there, but I think that was like more of a casual conversation. Um, but I mean, any, any of those six people we just named would probably be decent, right? Because the roster is good. So you, it gives you some grace. This is more of a, a skill-based game than like a coaching thing until you hit the playoffs. So, you you the Celtics will be able to f- stay in the playoff race no matter who their coach is. It's just it's someone going to you know Steve Kerr add a wrinkle that no one considered or your last coach didn't consider and figure this shit out. Because the East should not be this hard to. It's not like it was in the past where it's like uncompetitive except for the first two. The first two seeds, <clears throat> but it's not. It's not dominant either like Giannis isn't like an obstacle that's insurmountable right there's no LeBron here anymore Kawhi is going like there's no bullies in the east anymore so it's, it's I mean, still the Nets are still there but it's like how long who's still there the Nets the Nets yeah the Nets are still there but like you said that how long is that sustainable right there's mm-hmm. you have two of the top five players in the world on one team and yeah, and so and it's like and you see how they can be exploited defensively. Yeah, and you saw even in that in our series right there yeah, without Jalen Brown, Steve without Nash a head adjust to a Kimba. side pick and roll. Yeah, Steve Nash doesn't make good adjustments at all. Steve Nash doesn't really make in his coaching rotation is off. Yeah, I was going to get on the jazz on Sunday, decisions. but you know, extenuating yeah, circumstances yeah. have me missing. Yeah, that man that man has been playing Blake Griffin at the top of the zone in their 2-3 a lot, and Blake Griffin's been getting cooked. Like He'll have Blake Griffin on Tatum, and Tatum's literally treating him like food because yeah. Blake Griffin shouldn't be doing things like that anymore. Tristan Thompson was on the court and literally manhandling everybody on the boards because they don't have a legit big. They don't have the size. They can, they don't have, they can be exploited in that way. I think this Buck series is actually going to be interesting, too, in that regard because – Gian, just to see how they handle Giannis, because it's like you saw how the Bucks and the Nets played those last two games of the year, and Giannis went off in both of them. And it's like okay, how it took like hero mode from KD, and it's like y'all gonna have to have, to have somebody play hero every day, every game, because unlike yeah, y'all don't have a matchup for Giannis. Y'all don't y'all just gonna y'all can go to that two three zone, but there's shooters all around, and even when Giannis doesn't have the ball in his hands, it's not like last year where they had Drew Bledsoe. They got, you know, Drew Holiday now. Yeah. So it's probably gonna be a good like, series, man. Oh, it's gonna be a oh, I can't wait to watch that series. It's gonna be a wonderful series. But if I see that Giannis is successful in this series, I still got the I think the Bucks honestly might take this in the um 
Because I, I like the Bucks and the 76ers just because of their big presence against the Nets. So we'll, I mean, we'll the have to see how might be goes. dealing with some issues with MB then with a meniscus. Yeah, here. if B if MB can be healthy though, I think they match up well against the um the Nets because you got Matisse Thybul, really good defender, Ben Simmons, really good defender, and so they got really good defense and they can score on offense. They're they're pretty well rounded. So if MB can get healthy, I still have 76ers being as my finals team. But I don't know. Uh, it should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to say what I want to say because it's going to come off disrespectful, but I will say that KD going to bust all their ass. Like, it doesn't really matter who you're going to guard, guard him. And then you're going to put your best defender on KD, then James Harden going to bust your secondary defender's ass. And depending on how Kyrie well, yeah, is I mean, but day, like, Matisse Thibault is a really good defense. So busy. nobody's going to be a great offense always beats great defense. Yeah. However, well, I'm not saying like they're going to lock them up. I'm saying that if they can contain them to a healthy enough come, like they like I said, it, have, it would have to take hero mode. Uh, I was just talking about the Bucks Nets game, how it took hero mode from KD and them to win that game. Mm-hmm. And you saw in the Celtic series, it took hero mode. Like they were having to drop 80, 90 points combined as the three of them to win a lot of those games. And so I'm like, you do that, but you go against a better defensive team who's going to make you work more for it. And your defense is a bottom 10 defense. And so on the other end, their best player in B, y'all don't have a matchup for that. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons, y'all don't have, y'all still don't have a necessary matchup. When Ben Simmons wants to be aggressive, which is a 10% time. But when Ben Simmons wants to be aggressive, don't have a matchup there. Tobias Harris still right there as a second, third option. It's just there's not a lot of matchups y'all really have defense. Like the same thing with the Bucks. That's my only thing with them because how how great can that offense be? Because if y'all have an off game, then it's a loss. Like you can't do much. So your defense isn't going to be there to save. You can't fall back on it. Yeah. I can't argue with you that much. Some Sixers got to make it past the Wizards first. They should have had them out of here last game, but, you know. Yeah. Sorry, man. Let's but you know, um, and B got hurt, and then they just played hack a shack on Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons couldn't find a free throw and let the Wizards run away with their game. Mm-hmm. Disgustingly. So to wrap this up, who do you not want the Celtics to hire as a head coach? Who do I not want them to hire? Like who? Who is it? Like who? Who will lose you as a fan? Kendrick Perkins. Is he even was he even a realistic option, or was that just how much you? Hate I mean, I saw a Celtics fan saying that because you know they they like they like the people with the Celtic ties. They wanted KG to come out. KG had to come out and say, "I don't want to coach. I'm not built for coaching. I'd be fired within a week." Please stop saying I need to be coached because I'm not going to do it. I seen a couple people say Kendrick Perkins, and I was like, if they have Kendrick Perkins become a coach, I'll never watch another Celtics game until he's gone. Uh, I'm here to tell you that you probably don't have to worry about that. I do think. Really <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ty Lue no, might I don't be know available this all season. You and said who? I said Ty Lue might be available this all season. Is a uh, Luca get them boys out of there? Yeah, the only thing about that is like I, he's not a good X's and O's coach. He's a He's kind of a. That's what people you know, he manages per, say. Per, That's not. Didn't he manage the offense for the Celtics when he was on Doc Rivers' staff? I mean, I'm not. I can't remember that to be honest. I don't think but, that. He's, um, I think anytime you play on a LeBron led team, you get that 
that stigma that, oh, you're not an X's and O's coach. You're more of a player manager. No, I'm going based off the – I wasn't even going based on LeBron. I was going based off the Clippers too. Like, I just look at their offense. When I'm watching the games and I see it's stagnant and I see a lot of ISO heavy play and I see you relying on your stars, you're not really utilizing the rest of your team that much, then I start looking. I'm like, huh, what's going on here? Kawhi fault, bro. That's not Ty's fault. But as a coach, you should figure that. Like, like whenever the Celtics started going that way and they started going high, ISO heavy, people started blaming Brad Stevens. Like, what is your team doing? Why are y'all being stagnant? Why are y'all ISOing? Get some runs and get some plays and get some, you know. I'm not saying call a play every possession. I'm not saying call a play every three possessions. However, you should have something to fall back on. You go on a, what's called, the other team goes on a 10-0 run, you should have a play that you can be like, hey, run this money play, get an open shot, we good, instead of just still settling on ISO, 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 yeah. pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, ISO. I'm like, I, I need some. Can we set a back screen? Can we set a flare? Can, can we I, do something? Yeah, can, can I we, get him can his, get his this ball in his spot when he can't get it himself? You know what I'm saying? Or can I create a look off his skill set for someone else that they may not have been expecting? It's just adjustments, and that's really all you want. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the, that's why I, said I don't really see. But you might be right. It might be he might be calling the right things, and then Paul George and Kawhi might be might not be able to get them in that right spot. Like how we talked about when they brought a Rondo, how they couldn't necessarily play make, so they need a Rondo on the court to do things like that. So maybe you're right. That's just what they need. They're like, hey, you can't really. I I put I drew up the play. I told you where to be. You couldn't really figure it out necessarily. So I'm gonna bring somebody else in and let him figure it out. Yeah. You might be right, so I, I it might be interesting, but I don't. I, I need a, I need somebody because Tatum is still learning, and Tatum is still trying to learn how good he is because he still he has that problem where he forgets how good he is. Sometimes you'll see him selling, you'll see him do things that he shouldn't do because he's still. Cause you got to remember, he's still only like twenty two years old. He's still young. Yeah, and yeah, he's an a, a amazing talent, but he's still learning. So in those times where he's like panicking and he can't really get to his spots and he he's struggling to do that i need somebody that can be able to like hey slow it down get to your spot whenever Jalen brown's on the same thing hey boom boom slow it down just get to your spot i'm not like i said i'm not calling for a play every time just somebody that can help them get to their spots make some decent rotations mm-hmm. and that's all i'm asking for yeah uh mike dan Tony's probably who is a name that's probably going to come up in the future just yeah, saying no defense though I mean, so like, do y'all have like? Uh, I, I mean, like for real, gives a fuck it's NBA man. But we don't offense, have the we don't have a Dan Tony type offense, Dan Tony type structure. Did he for not, our, like? Did he not coach Carmelo with the Knicks? I mean, I know Carmelo hmm? hated hated him, but like, did that not happen? Is he not? So yeah, but you got to remember, me. Carmelo was also upset because, remember, Raymond Felton had a career year that year whenever he was over there with the Knicks. He averaged, like, what was that, like 18 and 7. He had a career high in points and assists because Dan Tony works a lot with, he makes your star or your he makes somebody a guard. So it's a guard-heavy offense. Mm-hmm. So we'd be having a lot of Jason Tatum ISO Jason Tatum pick and roll mm-hmm. and the ball's just in Jason Tatum's hand 40% of the time. Uh, everybody needs to be able to shoot and space the floor. And then you just have a um a good big who can dunk, play defense, and this rebound. Like they had Tyson Chandler. But we don't necessarily have that constructed because like I always say, 
how every other team has a legit like spot up shooter. Like you'd be like, okay, the only thing they're out there to do is shoot. They're gonna shoot forty percent from the three. They are spot up shooter. We don't have one of those. We traded for Evan Fournier, but he's not necessarily a spot up shooter. He's kind of still like a all around. He's like a discount Gordon Hayward. He can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the ball, but he's not just a knockdown forty percent shooter. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Tatum's one of our best shooters, but he's not like where you're just gonna sit up and just you don't want Tatum shooting eight nine threes a game. I mean, I so do. that's my whole thing. I'm yeah. Like we don't have somebody like that to run a D'Antoni offense. So it take a, it would take a lot of trades and take a lot of movement for us to do something like that. I mean, hey, new GM, maybe you have a lot of trades available now. But I mean, that's, that's really all I got for you on this Wednesday night, man. I gotta get back to this uh, cornbread and some syrup and. Get in this bed, bro. I respect it. I feel you right now because uh, I didn't even record in my normal spot today. I didn't feel like moving my setup. I, I, I'm in the living room. Chris was <laughs> like, hold up. Sophia saying, and she needs that. Sophia and her, they're in her room right now. And she's over here like, hey, chop, chop, because I can't keep her in this room this much longer. So I was about to say the same thing. So um, anyways, this has been another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Always, 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 always remember. Oh, first of all, I forgot we forgot to thank y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for making it, you know, a part of y'all's weekly routine. Sorry we missed a couple episodes. You know, life happens. We getting back on it. Some things happen, X, Y, and Z. Um, we Wednesday haven't happened in a while. I've been reading too many mangas, haven't even been watching anime like that, but we bouncing back with that here soon. Um, I'm anyway, around with Jujutsu Casing though, just so y'all know. My review's coming hey. real soon. Okay, that's a bet. Then Actually, we, no, then I'm we got almost. Right I did finish. I did finish. I'm tripping. I finished it this weekend. Well, so we need. So, I, hey, so we're gonna have that episode here soon. We talk about it. Give your review. We're gonna do everything like that. So that's a bet. Easy money. So there y'all go. Y'all know we Wednesday, not on a Wednesday, is coming back soon. But like I said, closing it out. Um, always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. Cause sipping ain't pimping, and we out.